it is the anim 365 all hits no misses thank you once again for joining me uh thank you for listening you know i appreciate every single listen um thanks for your patience it's actually been a quiet three weeks on our side um and, and i hope this episode can make up for it um some background and some context my guest today is very very dope um but what happened it's actually the third time we're recording the first time we're, we were supposed to record um that was my bad i was sick uh not physically but mentally um mm-hmm. well it could be it could be physically because maybe the the chemicals were completely unbalanced so it was not going to yeah. be possible for me to record and then the second time uh technology was just you're doing us dirty but this third time's lucky three times a charm three to- is, is that the phrase i mean third time's a charm yeah, third time something like that. <laughs> <laughs> so today I've got a very very cool guest. I've got Mto. Mto, how are you? I'm good. I'm good. Thank you for. <laughs> you know, this is my first. Um, should I say interview? Yeah, mm. this is my first interview. I don't like doing these a lot. Um, okay. But I think today's uh, subject matter is something that. I the opportunity to have this discussion with you awesome uh, we're, we're, we're on it um i think maybe before we get into the topics um maybe just tell us a little bit about yourself where you're from all of that nice and interesting stuff. Mm. yeah well i'm tall uh full name i am a child of a nomadic uh, uh um upbringing you know so i was you know in in different places i went to different schools uh predominantly living with my mother in um the east in kempton park shout out 1618 um <laughs> but that's, that's basically where where i would say i'm from <laughs> it's called the beast strand for a certain reason okay so don't don't you even um, for, for Kimpton Park. It, it, it could be the beast rant because <laughs> maybe like there'll be cows crossing the road uh, in, in that area. Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> this is just some Joburg banter. Some Joburg banter. Thanks for guys. tuning into the NM. <laughs> <laughs> um, so then, cool. You, so the, grew up in the East Rand. Um, and then what happened? So I know you're uh-huh. into radio. But maybe, maybe the listeners aren't so familiar with you. I was, I was, I was looking at your your email signature line. Mm. I'm like, wow, I'm talking to a big deal here. So, so, so you into radio? Uh, what do you do? <laughs> yes. So I am currently the co-host and producer of YFM's lunchtime show called The Shakedown. Um, I'm one half of it. My other half is Nia Brown. She is probably one of the most pleasurable people to work with. Um, and we'll, we'll, we'll get to that. But how I got into to radio was I was driving with my best friend. And I actually had a dream about him last uh, last night. But I was driving with my best friend, and we were going to. He's a fashion designer, so we were going to get his material for you know his new fashion line or whatever that he wanted to put together. Sure. And on that day, I had a call for um, 
a job interview at Capitate Bank. I had a audition at Red Pepper Studios it was for ETV. And then I also had the audition for Y Academy, right? Okay. On that day. Wait, is this all out and of so high school? I thought, um, or is this in varsity? This is straight out of high school. Oh, straight okay. out of high school. I was literally 18 years old. I heard a, a, a radio ad saying, hey, come to the Y Academy, be the face of radio. And so I sent through my stuff. And so on the day that I had to choose, Every, wherever I had sent my, my CVs, uh, Capitec Bank came back, YFM came back, um, and Red Pepper came back, and they were like, listen, um, you know, we want you today. So I had to choose where to go. And so I decided, let me go see what's happening at Y. Um, and then I got to Y, I auditioned, and they were shooting a reality show at the time. It was called uh, Ground Zero, where the winner gets their own show on Y. And uh, entered, I got to the top 14. Um, top 14 went through, I got eliminated in the top seven. Um, but then in the background, they were still running Y Academy with the top 14. So even if you were eliminated from the show, you would still continue on um, the sure. Y Academy program in, in, in the office. So that happened. Um, I, I don't have like fond memories of, of listening to radio growing up i mean i i would catch snippets here and there but i would i would lie i would be lying if i said to you that i knew radio was you know for me i literally was just taking a gamble mm. um and i guess it, it paid off it paid mm. off so then so then like i mean you don't seem shy at all were you doing any sort of like mm-hmm. public speaking in high school or anything like that or is it just a personality thing in high school, um, so my mom used to host a whole lot of parties at the house, right? Um, and so I got used to having to interact with people then. I didn't know that that would come in handy, especially with the whole radio thing where you need to kind of uh, uh, come forth with a certain level of confidence, right? So I, I kind of learned that from whenever my mom would have people over and you know she'd kind of not force me but really encourage me to you know engage with her friends um and then once I I I got to high school I was the deputy what was it called deputy of cultural so we had different departments you could do academic sports and cultural cultural was the more artsy fartsy side of things and so i was the deputy head of 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 that um department so you know we'd put together poetry nights we put together um pageants all the the creative stuff where creatives can just be themselves and i was just happy to be one of those people curating that for for the high school students Hmm, that's dope. So then, so, so then help me understand this journey again, right? So you're like 80, 90, mm-hmm. right now, if I'm not mistaken, mm-hmm. you're like 24, 25. Or am I off with my, with my numbers? Uh, I'm 25 now, yes. So then, so you've been... No, at- no, 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 no. <laughs> you're 25, <laughs> I'm still young. <laughs> <laughs> so, so have you been at Y since? Ever since I left high school, I've been at Y. Ever since mm. I left high school. And, and, and how has that been in terms of like I was unemployed for a good... I was, I was unemployed for a good two months. And then that's when I joined the, the Y Academy. 
I will say that YFM is the best place, especially for grooming young talent and talent that is not yet sure where it wants to head. It really just opens up your mind to an endless amount of possibilities, right? I got in there and I was about 18 years old, got into the Y Academy, um, mid uh, 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 the internship, my mom passed away, right? So this, she passed away on the 18th of May and we had joined Y Academy in March. And now you have to put yourself in a situation where you're 18, you are left with a four-bedroomed house in Kempton Park, you need to pay the bills, you are also left with a car that you need to pay for, and YFM's only paying your stipend of 2,500 rand back then. Um, You know, um, and when my mom died, none of the, the insurance things paid out. So that 2.5 that I got that month was how much I was going to bury my mom with. Luckily, I had my aunt as well, um, who was a nurse, and she got, she got paid on the 15th. So what she did is she just took all her money before the debit orders came through, and we buried my mom like that. Um, so I was 18, naive, vulnerable, in a very emotional state, um, but at the core of it, very excited and very keen to start my own life and start my own career and path and explore what this life thing has in store for me. Mm. Um, and, and that's where Mtor began. Mm, mm. So, then, so then how do you, how do you, I mean, that sounds like you, a huge, number one, emotional uh, gap to, to, to jump over and then on top of that you've got the huge like financial and logistical issues so how were you able i mean that's month one month one your answer is okay cool i'm gonna take the whole salary then how do you go month two three four five six and beyond um so my mom had just uh retired and she was a government employee right so they've got this gepf pension thing and they whatever remainder uh, of her money that was left before she had hit the the five-year mark um, after retirement was given to me so with that i was at least able to sustain myself for for a bit it wasn't much it was like around 200k or something like that but a lot of it um also had to go to my father who at the time was helping us build rooms at the back, right? So before my mom left, we decided, let's just build rooms. She's no longer working. I'm still young. You know, we weren't necessarily sure if I'm going to university or not yet. So we were like, let's just build rooms. That'll give us some extra income and, you know, sustain us as as time goes by. My mom, I think she was also in a, a state of accepting what was to come in the next com- uh, couple of months. You know, she was mm. falling very ill. So she was trying to make sure that I was sorted even long after she's gone. Mm. So we reached out to my dad who, and they weren't together anymore, uh, but we reached out to my dad and we were like, listen, we want to build some rooms. Do you mind borrowing us some cash? Um, So we built the rooms and after she passed, he kind of asked for the money back, right? So with interest, with interest. So. Um, I had to take from my mom's inheritance that she left from me and I took like 180k from that. Remember I got 200 so I had to take 180k from that 
and give all of that to my dad um just so that i can also just get him off my back and i also just didn't want to start my life owing yeah i i wanted to be free of financial shackles yeah so um i paid him off and after that the house paid itself off because she had mm. some life insurance on the house so at least i didn't have to pay bond or anything like mm. that i just had to pay electricity mm. and then the car um, got repossessed because then i couldn't afford the car it was brand new at the time um it was a Peugeot 208 which is the exact same car i'm driving now i literally bought it so i could ease my you know you know when someone repossesses your stuff you kind of feel like you failed at life so uh, when I got the money again I bought it I said, bought it, bring cash, it back and bring I it bought back. it the exact same model. I said bring yeah. it back. Bring it back. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's dope. So, that's dope. I think So I bought I bought the exact same car. Mm-hmm. I think what's what's dope. I mean I I mean it is a sad story and my condolences to you. Um but what's dope is that like it seems like your mom had a plan and 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 that was able to at least you know kind of get things get things started for you. So then so then you got into No, radio. my mom my mom was uh uh yeah, oh. so my mom was I was just going to say that yeah, she yeah. was like a she really made sure that things were fine for me, you know? Um and I had a very old mom. She had me when she was 33. So, you know, it, it wasn't like we were going to have a whole full life together anyway. Um especially because she had fell ill and and you know she was just getting old so we weren't going to be with each other for a very long time and her biggest stress and her biggest worry was making sure that I'm okay even after my after she left because she knew my dad wouldn't necessarily be the most present guy niggas niggas um niggas so Uh, you know how niggas are, but anyway, okay. So then you've been in radio now for like how many years? I'm starting my seventh year. When is it? Next of next week. I'm starting my mm. seventh year in radio. Yeah. Hectic. Okay. And then and then, so then what what is it that because you don't you don't sound like someone that is planning on leaving radio um, anytime soon. Um I could be wrong and if I am you can you can correct me. Um so then like <laughs> what so where do you see radio now like in, in, in this landscape? I mean obviously mm. right now we're recording a podcast. Um so mm. where, where do you see South African radio? I think and and maybe just to add on that because what I've what I've really enjoyed in, in, in radio in particular is the is, is the the musical but more so the communication aspects of it so you know i listen to for example ankle tap in the in the mornings i listen to a lot of um mm-hmm. uh, i mean i listen to your radio show um i listen to 702 power fm so i like talk radio quite a bit yeah yeah so 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 where do you see like this relevance going because yeah yeah before i continue rambling um that's a very interesting one i because radio found me and i found radio I have now dedicated myself to it um and I I can't give up on it because it's just the medium that I love so much. Um in terms of the radio landscape right now, I think we are at a very interesting stage because um we are stuck between the OGs who have done it for so long 
and they're just doing it because it's what they know mm -hmm. and then you have the new people who are struggling to get through because the ogs constantly get the opportunities right so radio is just in a very stagnant stage right now um and that's because and primarily i think it's because at the core of it it's still a business right so you still want to make money mm -hmm. um, and you still want to be out there as 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 a uh, a radio brand mm. so i think we're, we're in that stage now where we're trying to figure out do we hang on to those people that introduced us to radio and and made us love it so much or do we move on to a new era with that being said i think radio now goes past just the frequency it it yeah. like you said it is now on the podcast it is now online it is now uh past the bounds of turning your radio knob and i think that's a good thing um and it, it still shows the relevance of the power of sound connected to the mind without visuals yes yes you know yeah um so i think radio is still going to be big it's still going to be big in australia it's one of the biggest mediums um uh, uh, in terms of uh, uh media but i, I think where it, it's still big it's going to be big it's it's still going to be back at its prime i think every art form takes its own turn in being the lime in, you know part of the limelight tv was was there at some point music uh, was there at some point now radio is going to get back there i'm sure um but no i'm not going to leave radio anytime soon <laughs> so then <laughs> i mean i'm glad to hear that cuz also what what i've been thinking a lot recently is that i mean People often speak about how podcast is, is 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 going to replace radio, and I think that's a very American analogy because I think in a South African landscape, I think podcast I don't think can ever overtake radio just because of the the pure accessibility of of radio. Um, mm -hmm. So then, but then I've I've been seeing a lot of um, a lot of these channels, um, a lot of these stations putting their shows. Um, copy and paste onto podcast right so then i mean it doesn't really seem tailored for a a, a podcast platform you know? whereas maybe if you got a joe yes. rogan i think joe rogan is is, is a podcast always uses an example you, you know those episodes are very specific to podcast whereas and then you mm -hmm, then mm -hmm. you see your, your radio stations just throwing their radio shows onto podcast and i think it's nice for for a catch up point of view but i don't think it's it's really a sustainable form of content creation i don't know what what do you think no absolutely um i i think it it is a bit lazy to just copy and paste what was on air and you know just to put it for availability on online like you said it's great for catch up purposes but i do think a podcast is a form on its own that also needs to be respected and that needs to be curated in a very meticulous way yes you you know it, there's there's a reason why podcast and radio on don't have the same names so i think um what radio is struggling to do is to translate what is on air and make it podcast friendly and they're just thinking oh podcast is just copying what's on what's on air but it's it's not really that thing so i think that's where the industry is struggling a bit in, in trying to translate especially with with radio trying to translate what's on air into podcast form in a way that makes sense for podcast mm, mm. and then and then why, why why do you think 
that radio radio stations are so afraid of going visual i mean i know that i mean you've already got the 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 audio content then it's really easy to start recording it but i i really don't see i think 702 tried a bit obviously kaya fm has a kaya tv but i don't generally mm-hmm, see mm-hmm. most radio stations going visual do you know why i think it's maybe being afraid of um trying to trying to move away from the art form at its core because radio is a sonic thing right and because they're so well at the sound angle of things the visual aspect is neglected because they don't think it's that important and if we go visual then we're no longer doing radio so a lot of it is the mindset and how the managers and and the you know the people that curate radio brands are thinking about enlarging the 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 the, the um the boundary of radio mm. so i think everyone is just too clinging on to oh, it's at the end of the, the day we still need to listen we still need to tune into the actual radio station as opposed to seeing it online or seeing it on the tv so um I, I definitely think it's mostly because a lot of the people that curate these radio brands are too afraid to step out of the comfort zone. Mm-hmm. So now, how do, now, now that now that sounds, I mean, inherently problematic because absolutely, if they're unwilling to step outside of their comfort zones, and this goes back to what you were saying before, then we. St- we get stuck with the same faces um we get stuck with well in, i guess in this case we get stuck with the same voices um and and it's, there we go i don't know how do, how do we open up the industry it was trending at a time open up the industry open up the industry yeah. how do because yeah. because like you're saying it's a business at the end of the day and i respect that right and i respect that i mean it, it, it has to make some business sense um otherwise someone is going to lose their job but how, how do we balance that with also having the the, the the comfort and freedom to like let in new talent new voices new 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 it's it's tough when radio is no longer at the forefront of what's hot in the country because when before when radio was still new and you know kaya started in 97 why started in 97 um the sabc started having you know metro as opposed to radio bop and all of that stuff then you could put whatever voice on radio and we'd all just fall in love with it and 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 you know whatever they would be doing is dope yeah what's happening now is that online is at the forefront of the media platform uh, space yeah and with that being said now radio stations are looking at what is your relevance in ter- in terms of online platforming so that we can try translate that into listeners mm. and what happens then is that you neglect new talent that comes into the, the the radio space and does not have that online relevance and does not have that uh, uh familiarity that they've gained because they've got 10,000 or 15,000 or a million followers um so new talent gets put on the back burner because now we're looking at what are your online aspects looking like mm. so that if you've got some good online stuff we can just translate that onto the radio 
because that what we're not work. going to do is try look at that doesn't work but but the thing is now the risk we run is if you take someone who is from a campus radio who still needs to build that's going to take a whole lot of time when money needs to be made now and so that's the the catch 22 here is you want to open up the industry but you also want to make business sense and and the numbers need to look good when it comes oh. to a brand the numbers need to look good unfortunately so talent talent just falls on the back burner because that's no longer enough in the online space of things mm. um I mean, but i know there was a time where radio stations were getting a lot of influences to have like radio shows in like really prime prime spots and yeah yeah for the most part those shows are really bad and those shows had a very had a very short shelf life so i mean isn't that yeah. in itself i mean who 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 do we need to shake to say like but can you not see the obvious dilemma i mean ra- rather i would say get someone from campus radio and then maybe uh, uh, a nice or uh, a good uh, talented young person and then maybe put them mm-hmm. alongside a, a, a influencer or a, a, a online personality because i think that could come with the the balance you mentioned a very important point in that um when you take someone who's an influencer and you put them on air the show doesn't have a long shelf life simply because radio needs someone who understands it and it's a long haul type of medium you you can't you can't wake up tomorrow and think i'm going to do radio and i'm going to be fucking fantastic at it i can swear right it's, it's a podcast uh, i can say as much as we fucking want <laughs> Fantastic fuck bitch motherfucker bitch can't fuck fuck okay okay <laughs> No but on on other real um if if you if you take an influencer and you put them on air it doesn't have a long shelf life because like I said you need to build radio needs you to be in it for the long haul you can't do it just as a gig it's not a gig it's a passionless thing it's 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 a platform mm. you know um so putting a, an influencer in my opinion will never work it'll never work mm. Mm. you need to put someone who's talented who has the wanting and the passion for this not because they want to add it as part of their slash in their <laughs> bio on twitter i hear you i hear you you get what i'm saying mm. that's 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 for me where we lose the essence of why we do what we do Um but like I said brands are too or radio brands are too fixated on what does this look like online what does this look like in terms of perception perception is the is bigger than your product Pointed. at this yeah. point perception is bigger than your product mm. yeah so then how like then what's next because i mean if 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 right now online Is is, is 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 the king of of all medium and the internet is is ruling it if you look at it i mean twitter in terms of analytics um no one is having huge growth on twitter anymore um instagram there's still room for growth linkedin yes but generally the the, the main platforms there aren't there isn't like much much room for growth anymore and then you still have this radio where i haven't actually been seeing a lot of online personalities going to radio 
So then mm-hmm. what do you now, what do you think the future is of broadcasting? Hmm. Uh, I'm, I think I'm going back looking to your our crystal roots. Ball, your crystal ball now. Yes, You're yes. looking <laughs> to the future. Yeah. I think going back to our roots is probably what will sustain us moving forward if that's what brands are looking forward to. Why is the only station where you can come in as a newbie and leave as a well-rounded broadcaster, right? So I think mm. especially if you want to be in radio, that is that is your your go-to, especially as a starter. All mm. the greats started there. And there's a reason for that. Um, they, till this day, we still curate uh, a talent where we can. That's why Academy still runs. Uh, uh, before COVID, of course, you know, things were running smoothly. But after sure. COVID, it's going to be a little tougher. Um, but we need more than one why. Mm. We need more than one opportunity for people who are genuinely hungry for this thing to be given a platform on the size of where they need to be. Mm, mm, mm. And, and no one you else know, is doing that um, in your opinion. No one else is doing that. No one else is doing that. Metro FM's not doing that. Five FM's not doing that. And I mean, I, I don't mean to, you know, drag anyone down. These are these are big broadcasters and you need to go there knowing how to broadcast anyway. But we need more than one why. Yeah. Why can't be the only place where we, we are looking for the new talent and what, what's next? Because what's probably going to happen is if Nia and I leave Y, we'll probably go to the other major stations, right? And then someone else will fit into our, our platform. But that's slow, that's stagnant. Radio is a long haul type of thing. If we really want to inject a whole lot of new talent into the industry, then we need more than one why. We need more than one platform where young people can really just be themselves and groom themselves to go to the bigger platforms like your metros, your five, your nine, four, sevens. Mm. Mm. Okay. Um, I mean, you, you seem like you're, I mean, you're very, you're in a very high performance space, you know, um, and you seem like you, yes, yes. You, you, you're under a lot of pressure, right? So then in all of that, I mean, mm-hmm. how, how do you then like manage your mental health? How do you, how do you make sure that you, you don't fall victim to all the vices that young people tend to fall victim to? I like that we laid the foundation um, when we started the podcast. Um, I mentioned a whole lot of, you know, what was happening in my life personally on, for, for the reason that because we are in a high performance and, and a very high paced industry, I could not deal with a whole lot of the stuff that was happening to me. I could not sit down and actually digest that, okay, I've actually lost my mom at 18. I actually have to take care of adult things and I can't afford. Mm. Um, after, after the Y Academy, I didn't get a job, but I still kept on pitching because I loved this thing. And I, yeah. I wanted to be a part of it. So I still kept on pitching and I kept on pitching. And the boss at the time kept on saying, please don't come to the office, especially during the weekend. So Mia was doing on uh, her show on the, on the, I mean, on the, so the boss said, don't come during the weekday. So I would go to the office um, on the weekend and Mia was doing her show. And I said, hey, do you mind if I produce for you? You know, and I'm just trying to block everything that is happening to me personally because if I deal with this now I'm going to miss this opportunity that comes once in a lifetime sure so 
I thought to myself, put it on hold until you can deal with it, until you've got the time to deal with it. And that was me for the next five years, from when I was 18 up until 23 came. And that's when things started going all the way down, all mm. the way down. Mm. So then do you think, I mean, it sounds like maybe, because that's my way of approaching things as well, right? In the sense that um, let's, let's, let's cover this thing up. Let me finish with what I need to finish. And then, then I'll come back and actually think and, and, and deal with it and, and, and go into the emotions of it. Um, but to me, it sounds like while that may not necessarily be a bad thing, it sounds like you've, you did it for too long. You, you, you postponed the, the dealing for way too long. Because five years absolutely, is a long time. Absolutely, absolutely. I, I, I clicked the snooze button for way too long. Mm. It, it's, it, at some point, I started being in a space with my friends. You know, you're at Great Dane, Sixers, whatever, your, you know, your favorite place is. Mm. And while I'm having a conversation with my friends, I'll just switch off. Mm. I'll just be moody and no longer want to be there and not understand where it's coming from. And that was like the first sign um, that I started noticing that uh -uh, something something's wrong here. Mm. And I could not put it on pause anymore, even though I wanted that that was my coping mechanism to just... Mm. Oh, We'll, we'll do this with this later. Mm. I could not do this anymore because it was now manifesting inside here. Mm. And because it was manifesting inside here, it was now changing my being. Mm. Mm. So then, I mean, if you don't want to talk about this particular one, you don't have to, but I know that you had an incident on air. Was that a manifestation of, yes. of all of that? So, so what happened? Absolutely. I think... That was the last straw. So it was last year, June, was it? Um, lockdown, first of all, for mentally... Complex. Challenged or complex people uh -huh. um, um, was a bit tough, right? I had already been struggling with anxiety and all of that stuff and depression. It was very mild because I'd put it on pause for a long time. But because lockdown came, you're kind of forced to deal with it. There's no great day to go to. There's no... Uh -huh. Um, friends to hang out with that's that stuff's gone so you're, you're sitting and you're stuck with yourself and all of that stuff that you've put on pause for five years is now coming back up and saying hey you've got the time let's deal with this yeah so in february i went to uh, a therapist for the first time in my life in february last year 2020 um and the 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 session itself was great and you know the therapist that i wanted a black woman i was very particular about, about that because I, I don't think you know <laughs> I, I think when when someone is of the same color as you or is assumed to be from the same kind of predisposition it's easier for them to, to speak to you in a language that they understand because they're speaking to you from the heart and not from what they've learned so I went to my first session and she was like, listen, you've got dysthymia. I was like, oh, what's dysthymia? Um, she's like, uh, it's long periods of mild depression. And I thought, okay, that sounds pretty much like it because I've been putting the depression on hold and pretending to be this bubbling tool, this, this fantastic, I've got my stuff together, you know, I'm, I'm moving. Mm. 
Um, so she was like, you've, you've got dystonia. And I think we, we need to unpack a whole lot of the stuff that's happened to you in the past five years. There was sexual assault in, in, in the mix at some point. Still, I put that stuff on pause. Then, um, a couple of sessions later, I started experiencing anxiety attacks. Mm. And it, to describe it to you, and I'm not sure if you, you've had one before, but it, it just feels like you have no control over your emotional state of being. And that yeah. is such an uncomfortable and scary position to be in. Um, and just lucky for me, it happened on air for the first time. Mm. So I was on air and that day I was not feeling good. I was not feeling good at all, but I again was putting it on pause. So I thought to myself, Ugh, let me just get through the show. I'll go home and I'll be fine. Prep the show. Everything is great. Mia can tell I'm not okay. So I, you know, I let her know that I'm, I'm just not feeling too great today. But, you know, she's, she's trying to be as uh, uh, understanding as possible. Um, the mic goes on when we do our first link. The moment I saw the red light in the studio, for some reason, that red light said to me, okay, but do you understand that you put everything on pause? You have pretended for so long, you have gone through so much and you've ignored it all. And here you are yet again, doing the exact same thing. Mm. Are you not tired of it? Mm. Then I was like, oh my goodness, I actually cannot do this anymore. Mm. I just had an anxiety attack. I couldn't speak. I, I literally could not let a word out of my mouth. I, I couldn't say anything because I think my brain at that point was done with it all. It was done with putting it all on pause. And there we are live. I'm having an, an anxiety attack. I'm crying in the studio. Um, Nia just, you know, switched off the mics. We now put the station on automation. I'm in studio, I'm on the floor. I'm weeping my, my eyes out, but I cannot tell you why. Mm. I'm weeping my eyes out on the studio floor at work. I'm embarrassed at this point because I feel I'm supposed to have my shit together. I'm supposed to have my, my, my life together. I can't be doing this in front of colleagues. Yeah. I can't be doing this in a professional space. Could I not have put this on pause just a bit longer? <laughs> um, and then after that, I, you know, the pause is going to have to end eventually. Um, the it's going to have to end. So I went immediately the next day because I called my therapist um, after the anxiety attack happened. My boyfriend picked me up at work, and my therapist said, "Listen, we're going to have to book you into a psychiatric hospital." Mm. I mean, I've been booked in before, so I mean, I know, I know, I know exactly. Okay. It's 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 a very okay. uncomfortable. Okay. Um, I, I think for me, what what happened was that because it was after a suicide attempt. Um, mm. for me, what they did was they took me to one of a psychiatric hospital. Um, mm -hmm. with, I I don't know. I, to this day, I say they put me in the wrong place because I was like, yo, like. Everyone here is actually crazy, guys. I, I just want to die. <laughs> People are busy. Have, like, have you ever watched um, Shutter Island with Leonardo DiCaprio? I've heard of it. I've heard of it. Okay, well, it's like, it's a very good movie. One of my favorites. But it's, and there, he's on a, he's on a, 
in a in an island which is a psychiatric hospital and the people they are mm. literally great that's how i felt I, i i i had to go talk to my psychiatrist i'm like look my g I mean I get it. I get why I'm here. I get it, but I can't. I, I I get it. <laughs> I get it. So then I ended up going to a castle. So then they were like, "Okay, dude, we're going to send you to a castle. But you have to promise us you're not going to run away because I guess you can technically actually it's pretty easy to run away from. You can leave. Um <laughs> look, you can't leave easily, but it's 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 a lot okay. more easier than even the, the psychiatric one. So like my they're like dog we're giving you one chance if you run away <laughs> we're not going to trust you again. So no my so my, my my point out of that is trust me I understand I understand various psychiatric hospitals and they're not nice. So I went to um I live in Bryanston. Mm-hmm. So there is and very close to the Santa Medicine Clinic right here. Yeah. Um so I was I was sent to Santa Medicine Clinic. It was covid times. This was in June. It was covid times and the hospital is full it is just full of covid patients it's full of actual patients who were there before covid or there for everything other than covid yeah um so i was in the isolation ward for about two days people are dying right next to me left right and center um hmm. and i'm trying to keep positive i'm trying to <laughs> i'm trying to think sounds of, fun the bigger picture yeah, yeah it sounds very fun you sound yeah, like yeah, yeah. the time of your life it was litty it was yeah. litty <laughs> cool so i get my covid test done and then i move to the ward as i move to the ward the person that's been taken out of the bed that i was going to is now just passed away oh hectic this is a whole this is now a and i and i mentioned this specifically because death has also been a very uh prominent theme within my life. Mm. I lost my mom, I lost my uh, uh brother, I lost my aunt. There's literally probably five adults left in my mom's side of the family and that's including me. Um all the adults are, are dead. It's just literally just us and the cousins. So I get to the hospital and I get this constant reminder of death and it's I'm there for my psych- psychiatric, you know, health. and i get to my bed and i already feel like uh 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 this this is not this is not where i'm supposed to be this is not me um i'm going to these classes i'm seeing people who are actually going through like you know hectic bipolar hectic anxiety disorders and i'm just like mm this mm, is that's not mm-mm. this not is me not me <laughs> <laughs> like i was like mm This is not supposed to be where I'm at. I'm not yeah. at this stage. Yeah. But then yeah. I had to keep reminding myself that had I put it on pause, I would actually be one of those people. That's very true. I would actually be one of those people had I just said no. This is not I'm not at that stage yet. You know, I I, I kind of had to open myself up to the experience. So I was there for a week and um I made like a oh, I should have had it close to me. I made a, a necklace, I made a dream catcher. I've actually got it. Do you mind holding? No, no, go for it. Go uh, for I've, it. I've got my dream catcher right here that I made go in the psychiatric psychiatric hospital. Um there it is. So I made this when I was in the hospital. It's part of um what do they call call it? Not training. 
psychology, but I know the thing you're talking about, but I occupational therapy. The occupational therapy. Occupational therapy. Yes, yes, yes. Yes. So we did. We did these. We did like coloring. We did all of that stuff, like adult color coloring books and all of that stuff. Um, and by the time it was time for me to to go home, I was very frustrated because I really just felt like okay. I think I've been psychiatried enough. <laughs> sure. Um, and then they gave me my next diagnosis, um, which was bipolar. Uh, bipolar 2, um, which is not as severe as bipolar 1, right? So so can you explain that? Is um, that like, so then, like you have manic and then depressive highs? Uh, what, what is bipolar 2? So bipolar 2 is, so I do have my manic um, episodes, but they're not as in, not as intense as, you know, like ruining my life completely. Um, I'll either spend too much money or I'll buy too much alcohol and, 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 you know, drink a whole lot of alcohol or I just do something in excess, but not necessarily act out in excess. Um, so... They, they gave me the diagnosis of bipolar 2 um, and then I started my antidepressants and my mood stabilizers and then they gave me another diagnosis of ADHD which I had no idea um, but I started picking up those uh, um, symptoms at work where I would just leave my key or I don't know where my phone is or I've left my wallet somewhere and everyone in the office would be like, oh, you always leave your stuff somewhere and, and all of that stuff. So I told my therapist and she said, you actually have ADHD and it's one of the highest. So I started my ADHD medication as well. I had no idea all of this is happening to me. See, see mm. what happens when you put stuff on pause for five years. Do, do, do you ever worry about um, being over-diagnosed. Uh, so the reason I asked that is that I'm, I'm I'm always afraid of, okay, so I always knew that I had depression, right? And I always said, okay, yeah, that's something I literally I've been struggling with since I was like 12, 13, right? Um, but I only really mm. came out with it or was around like a few years ago, right? And then I only realized mm. much, much later on that I also had anxiety issues because I had a panic attack like you've just uh, described where I couldn't, I was yeah. it's the only panic attack I've ever had, but I could see all the dots and like I was driving and then just couldn't breathe. I actually thought it was, I, I had COVID because <laughs> it, it, it was all the symptoms, shortness of breath, <laughs> all of that, right? So then I'm always scared yeah. of like finding out that there's another problem, you know? Because I don't want to, I don't want to. Oh yeah. I'm, I'm also paranoid in the same sense, in another sense, because I'm scared that the doctors are just trying to make money off of me. So they're just going to keep on throwing diagnosis on me. So do you ever feel like you, there's a risk of ever being over, over analyzed or over diagnosed? I have way too many diagnoses as, as we are speaking, <laughs> right? Yeah. <laughs> I at least have been diagnosed with at least six different conditions mm. as we speak. And I'm taking, you know, medication for all of those things. I'm, I've gotten to a point where I'm trying to not look at a diagnosis as a bad thing. I'm trying to look at it as self-doubt. The, you know, the, the kids on the street say self-doubt is important. Yeah. I'm trying to look at it as, as that. And I'm trying to 
think of it as I have ownership over what is happening to me. I am aware. I'm a, that's the the biggest thing for me. I'm aware of what's going on with self. Mm. Because I am aware of what's going on with self, I can treat myself accordingly. Mm. So I'm not too afraid of being overdiagnosed. I, if anything, want to know exactly what is happening with me because for the longest time, I've been comfortable with not knowing what's happening. With me. Mm. Um, let me let me let me ask you this because I think this also goes back to maybe my initial question because once again you're in a, in, in a high pressure environment. Um, this there's a lot going on. Um, how do you remain productive, right? And and I'm asking that um, also within context to myself because I think this is something that I mean similarly to you. I think I'm very I'm highly ambitious. I mean, we've got I've got so many different mm-hmm. things going on. Um, and all of those things require attention they require commitment they require execution um you can't just be talking about it you actually have to be delivering on on certain things and i don't even think it's delivering that's true to other people it's more delivering to myself and what i think i can become right but then what happens when i'm in a very deep depressive episode um like the one where i unfortunately had to uh we had to move our recording is that I I can't do anything, right? Like it's like physically, I feel I feel like my arms and my legs and everything are just are just rocks, and I and, and I can't do anything. You're locked. Are you locked? And you just mm. and then and then it's very interesting because I was telling this to my to my psychologist also, and what she was saying is that um, for her that's the interesting thing about depression is that um, it it wants you to do all the things that will keep you in that depressive episode so it wants you to stay in bed it wants you to keep your your thing it wants you to not eat so it's it's like it's like you're you when you're trying to get out of a depressive episode which is um chemical induced right because there's different types of depressive episodes it could be something particularly happens your mom passes away that that triggers a depressive episode but if nothing per Mm -hmm. se you know it's like you, if it's a chemically induced, it's like your body just wants to do that, but you have to do the opposite. Now, the difficulty for me, and and I don't have the answer for this, and 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 this is why I want us to talk about it. Even if you don't have the answer, it's fine. Maybe one of the listeners will have an answer. Is that how do we remain high performing individuals, um, remain ambitious, and remain productive? while still going through these really difficult mental health challenges? That's a a very interesting one. Um, For the longest time, I felt like my work took a dip and I wasn't necessarily proud of it, simply because I felt like I wasn't productive enough. And Mm. the ideas, because you you know, I'm a a content producer, right? So I have to come with content and I have to present Nia with you know different things that we can do on the show and because i'm going through all of this and the anxiety attacks and the bipolar diagnosis and going to the psychiatric hospital i'm still trying i'm still supposedly trying to find you know my creative self and try to be as productive as as possible when it's impossible to do so so what i did was i told my boss and i said listen the work you're getting now is not up to par with what I'm used to producing. I cannot force myself to work in situations where I cannot. 
I cannot ask myself to be productive if my body is on deadlock. I cannot expect myself to be something that I'm not in that moment. Mm. So because of that, I'm going to need time off. And if I cannot come into the show that day, I cannot come into the show that day. Mm. You know, it, it unfortunately, we're going to have to be okay with the re- not repercussions but the consequences i guess of having mental health issues yeah and we're going to have to work together i, I there's no way in in a depressive episode i can try take myself out of it immediately yeah. it's hard mm. and if i can't work that day i can't work that day and that's and that's okay i think that's what i struggle with sometimes is it's okay to say i cannot do it today however i need to constantly remind myself that i cannot do that forever i cannot say because i'm not i'm not feeling well today i'm not coming in i can't do that yeah. so i'll take a day off today but then remind myself that i'm taking this day off because i don't want to take one tomorrow sure um so that's how i especially in my least productive days i'll say okay i'm not going to work today but i'm doing this because tomorrow i do want to work mm-hmm. so i'm not doing it because i i'm giving my depression uh vacation mm-hmm. and i'm i'm no 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 i'm saying listen we're taking the day off today so we can sort out with what's happening here then tomorrow we approach in a different way my thinking has de- has developed and it has evolved especially after my diagnosis especially in the last 6 months as well i've actively had to say to myself i've even got vision boards and i had quotes from people all up of my on my room to constantly remind myself that it's a depressive episode not a season you know i th- i think that's beautiful that that's a beautiful way of looking at it and we've been we've been speaking for quite a bit so i'm i'm going <laughs> to i'm going i'm going to end it on <laughs> on that amazing point um um yeah so just quickly just just so that we 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 understand your your show and what you do so what's the show about what do you what's what the um, yeah those fun yeah. stuff So the shakedown is we like to label it as a reality radio show. Never heard of one in in you know SA radio, mm. but we do it because everyone does the whole let's see what's happening on Google. Let's see what's happening on the different, you know, uh content websites like your business live, your times live, your business tech or whatever the case is and try regurgitate that on air. Mm-hmm. We don't want to do that. We want to we realize the more vulnerable we are about ourselves the better it is for someone to connect with what's happening with us so with the shakedown we get there and we discuss what's happening in our lives we discuss what we've gone through what we are going through what we are planning to go through we discuss what's happening with us because we found what is happening with us is most likely happening to someone else So that is the most important thing especially going on air as a broadcaster who prides themselves in in engaging with listeners. Um I we, we just want to be that place where you tune into us you're not going to hear that on any other radio station or show. Mm. And then and then when when does it play? When is the shake down right. shaking down? 12 to 3. <laughs> The shakedown is 12 to 3 Monday to Friday on Y. It's listen, you won't regret it. Just tune in. 
awesome. And if people want to follow you, follow the show, where can they, Ania, where yes. can they find you guys? Um, Nia's at Nia Brown Live and I'm at MTHAUX. Um, we love to, we're not like, we don't think we're celebrities, so we love to engage, you know, um, even beyond radio, we like to, I DM all of my people that DM me or, you know, who have some stuff to say or want to just talk about something. Um, we literally are probably the most accepting and the most uh, uh, calm people in terms of just if you want to interact with us let's do this let's let's connect let's connect awesome um that's very dope thank you very much for agreeing to be on the podcast um i really appreciate it you you, you dropped you. some gems there um yeah no that was, that was yeah that was, yeah that was very yeah dope. <laughs> Um, <laughs> so yeah guys you've tuned into another episode of the anim 365 all hits no misses thank you so much for listening hope you enjoyed it peace <laughs>